So uh, if you notice behind me, uh, we are starting a new series today. It is called Foundations. And what this is, is it's four pictures that give you a glimpse into things that really matter to us. I think the most important type of pictures that we see in society, in our own world, on our own phone, are the ones that behind them have a context. There's something about them that makes them matter more than just a picture. And so we got a few of those uh, right now. First one will pop up on the screen. Awesome. That is a guy who's really happy. Like he's smiling. It's good for us to smile. It's good for us to be strong, fit, young, and smiling, all that stuff. But there's something more. Like there's a, there's a context to that. That's the Olympic finals of the 100-meter dash. And he's winning. And I would be smiling too, especially if my arms looked like that. Like there, there's something more than just a picture. Here's the second picture. Hot tub for one. Like that's the plan. <laughs> That's actually a baptism. That's how we do baptisms right out there. That is, she's smiling because it's the first Sunday where we got our heater to work. Like that, that's why she's smiling. Otherwise, uh, she'd still be shaking. But uh, that's baptism. It's, it's somebody sitting in there and publicly declaring in front of the church, my old life is gone. Jesus has rescued me to a new life. Part of that includes getting baptized. Part of that includes the heater. All those things are really, really good. There's a context behind the picture that makes it more than just a picture. It's a foundation. It's something exciting. Here's the third picture. That's a seven-year-old with a nail gun. There's no context. That's just bad parenting. Okay. So <laughs> what these are is they're, they're instances, they're images that pull us to something more, that say that there's something more. And for each of the next five weeks, we're going to look at that something more, five of the something mores that really shape our identity and push us out in how we do ministry as a church. And so the first one of those that we're looking at is our purpose. Our purpose is to glorify God. That's why we exist as a church. Everybody has a purpose. Make good burritos, sell good cars, replace your tires, all that stuff. Our purpose is to glorify God. And so this comes from a verse in the New Testament and then also kind of a saying that the church adopted hundreds of years ago. And the verse uh, is from 1 Corinthians 31. No, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. And, and the guy who's writing this is a super smart Christian. He used to hate Christians until the day he became one. And he's writing into a group of people like us that are super divided over secondary issues. They agree that Jesus died for their sins. But after that, they're, they're divided on everything. So to speak into our pro-mandate, anti-mandate, pro-vax, no-vax, whatever culture, this is what he says. And it's something that's perfectly good for us right now. Because it's one of those things that cuts through all the agreement, all the argument, all the everything, stats and science and all that stuff. It says something really clearly for us about what our purpose is. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, whether you're Republican, Democrat, Vax, no Vax, whatever you do, whatever means whatever, do it all for the glory of God. Like, this is really good for us in a global sense, and it's really good for us in a super personal sense. As you go through life, as you do you, as you live the job that, like, the job and the school and all that stuff that God has put you in right now, your job is to glorify God. 
And it's one of those things that has no excuse for us. It's like, this is, as you're on earth, you glorify God. We see this in the life of Jesus. So there are a bunch of books written about Jesus. There's four, that, four books that kind of launch all of those. And those are the four gospels. They're the first four books in the New Testament. One's called Matthew and then Mark and then Luke and John. And it was people who do, do like developed these stories about Jesus because of what they saw. And then the people they interviewed who saw these things and then talked about him. And this gives us a picture of who Jesus is. And so many of the big ministry events that we think are so important take only about three years. So, so many of the things that Jesus did to heal people, to raise people from the dead, to say so many good things that still shape the way that we live, all that happened in three years. So there's this 30 years of the life of Jesus that's largely undocumented. And the thing about that is as we look at that today, that means that God's blessing, God's joy, God's favor on Jesus was just the same as he was raising dead people as when he was building stuff as a carpenter. Like that's the truth for unity. As we go into our lives, we do super spiritual things and we do menial things because we want to put food on our table and we want to live indoors. That's really, really good. So whether you do all of that, do it for the glory of God. The second place that it comes from is that church saying that I talked about. It's called the Westminster Confession. And it says, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's what, that's what led us as a church to say, what's our purpose? Our purpose is to glorify God. The chief end of all humanity is to glorify God. And so I want to kind of edit that and tweak that and give us shape and direction for how we actually do that. Not to change the method, just to change the delivery of it. So for us, what do we do? We glorify God by enjoying him forever. This is the type of thing that has an impact on our lives, that, that gives flavor and scent to our lives more than just, hey, Jesus died for our sins and we're good with that. We enjoy God by, glor by or we glorify God by enjoying him forever. And I think what this does is it points us as humans to the destination of a need that so many people, that all of us have. And based on the quality of our life, we either try to get that through good means or through bad means. And this is happiness. God understands this. God gave us a brain to want to be happy and like to have things happen well for us. Like we, uh, two weeks ago, we read uh, in Shape, which is our church's Bible reading and journaling plan. Uh, in Genesis 1, God does something. He says, it's good. God does something else, says, it's good. At the very end, it, looks at the, it says that he looked at everything that he made and said, it is all good. And so for us in our lives, that's a normal thing for us to look at things and say, okay, this is good. I'm happy about this. I'm smiling about this on the inside and on the outside. And we demonstrate our love for God and the difference that God has made in our lives by the way that we enjoy God. By the way we enjoy people, by the way that we enjoy the place where he's put us. And so there are three things that I want to focus on today that, that demonstrate our enjoyment, that, that say we glorify God by enjoying him forever. And the first of those is that we enjoy our salvation. We enjoy our salvation. So all these foundations, everything we're going to talk about for the next five weeks, all of this takes root and takes meaning. And that picture means something in our lives because of a personal relationship with Jesus. Without a personal relationship with Jesus, what this does is all those things are just kind of out there. They're just floating. They're just there. For us, it sounds like a honest to-do list. For the rest of your God, for the rest of your days, for the rest of your life, glorify this God that you might not have a relationship with. That sounds like a lot of work. 
But within a personal relationship with Jesus, everything changes because it goes from work to expression, to joy, to, to this being part of how we give adoration and give thanks to God for who he is and what he's done in our life. So we enjoy our salvation as a way of enjoying God. The basis of Jesus following is that we are no longer in charge. For you and I to say that we are Christians, we are saying that our life is no longer ours. We live dead to our old life because we're allowing Jesus to live through us. So as the rest of the world is on a self-autonomy addiction hunt, doing everything they want the way that they want us, the way that they want it. We can look at this and say, you know what? I'm not going to do any of those things because I've given my life to Jesus and that keeps my brow furrowed until I die. And I'm just going to be angry about everybody else and not have any fun because if it's fun, it's probably sinful. That's one way to do it. But that's not enjoying God or glorifying God by enjoying him forever. I think the other way to look at it is to say that my life has been bought with a price. And I think if you're here and you're not yet a Jesus follower, that doesn't mean anything to you. There are two types of Christians that you know. There's Christians that are angry about everything. And there are actually Christians who demonstrate a life with God that makes sense to you to the point that you want to know more about it. Our job is to go from the first group to the second group where our lives are more of an invitation, more of a magnet drawing people to Jesus who saved our soul from hell. And we should be happy about that. So we've been bought with a price. Our lives are no longer our own. And we found the fact that, that in Jesus, we have a savior that deserves glory above everything else, even our own physical desires, because Jesus is better. Like for that to take root in your life and mine, we're gonna change. Everything that we do for God goes from duty to delight. It doesn't mean that there aren't days where we wake up and we're like, I don't wanna to go to church today. I don't wanna read my Bible today. I don't wanna be a self-sacrificing husband today. I'm exhausted. But we do it because of what Jesus has done for us and the joy that's in it for us. We enjoy our salvation, which means we enjoy the process of that salvation. We talk about the gospel often here, and, and if you like, you can keep score on your notes, but every week you're gonna hear four things. One of those is the fact that Jesus loves you. Always has, always will, and today he's calling you to follow him. You can't change that. You can't change that for good, and you can't change that for bad. And this is something I wanna grow in, and I wanna understand, and I wanna learn this year, is Jesus doesn't care about how I do in my role as a pastor in the sense that if I do really well, he's not gonna love me more. I don't get gold stars on my name in heaven. I get blood that says this kid is bought with a price. This is my son who I love, who I rescued from death. We can't change that. Our standing with God isn't based on our performance on earth. That means if you had a jacked up past and you're trying to run your way away from that because you want to prove to God that you are recovered and free, God doesn't care. You've been bought with a price. You are saved from your sin if you believe that Jesus died for your sins. There's not a grade to that. It's just digital. It's either forgiven, still under the wrath of God. I want to grow in that understanding that God's love for me isn't based on my performance. Second thing is that uh, Jesus came on a mission for each and every one of us because all of us have a past life. There's two categories of people in the world. There's bad people and there's Jesus. 
So we're on this category. And that necessitated Jesus coming from heaven on earth on a mission to save us from our sins. We understand that. We don't enjoy our past life, but we see that as something for which God had to do something. We were separated from God by our sin and our unholy efforts couldn't ease that separation. So Jesus came in who never sinned, the verse we talked about last week, never sinned to be the offering for our sins so we could be made right with God through Jesus. That's the third thing. First thing, God loves you. Second thing, sin separates us. Third thing, Jesus redeems us. And that's the type of thing that should create joy in us forever, that we are rescued from our sin. That's the basis of our personal relationship with Jesus. It's not about knowing stuff, learning stuff, memorizing stuff, going to stuff. It's about the stuff from which Jesus has saved you. That we have a savior who saves the unsavable and that's us. We can't save ourselves, but Jesus does. And that creates in us joy because we're gonna glorify God by enjoying him forever. And the fourth part, the fourth part is that we make an individual decision that we're gonna accept Jesus's forgiveness for our life, that his death on the cross counted for us as well. That his death on the cross covered our sins, which we couldn't do. And so we enjoy that. God's plan from the beginning was to fully display his glory in the saving work of Jesus on the cross. This is a plan from the very beginning that God is gonna demonstrate his power, his holiness, his love for us on the cross where Jesus traded his perfect life for our sin-filled lives. And so we enjoy our salvation. Second thing is we enjoy following God daily. We enjoy following God daily. And this recognizes that some days are terrible. So what Paul said back in that verse in verse 31, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, whether some days are good, whether some days are bad, whether some days are days of victory, whether some days are days of defeat, whether some days are, man, I'm three years sober, whether some days are, I'm three minutes sober. We do it all for the glory of God. We understand that God's power follows us daily. Uh, a little while ago, our, our heater in our house that keeps things like nice and warm uh, stopped working. So uh, after a few times of just like trying to suck it up uh, and trying to fix it in a little ways, like we finally got somebody out there uh, to fix it, like fully fix it. Uh, and like for me, I, I love to always be moving around. I'm kind of like a shark. Not that I'm super wise and all that stuff, but if I start move, if I stop moving, I'm probably going to die. So um, the guy shows up. And he's got a backpack, and he's got tools, and he's got a ladder. And I think, there's three things. There's two arms. There's one reason why I'm helping. Um, so I, I grab his backpack to take it upstairs, because he's got the ladder and the tools. And ser- like, I love backpacks. I love my backpack. Uh, this thing was sturdy. And so I put on my weight belt and lifted with my legs and got it up the 17 stairs. Um, and I said, man, like, this is a serious backpack. He said, I know. It was made so it can fall off the back of a work truck on the freeway and be okay. I'm thinking, one, that's cool. But two, that would crush my spine. I can't have that backpack. <laughs> Why are you laughing? But I, I think that's the way that you and I are made. Like we're made like that. We look at a world that needs Christians right now that needs the love and the mercy and the compassion of Jesus. We read about it this morning in in our shape that Jesus looks at his world the same way that we should look at ours and the way that he looks at ours and he's filled with mercy and compassion because the crowds are like sheep without a shepherd. We're made for this day and this day is made for us. 
And the reason is, is because our purpose is bigger than our circumstances. Man, there, there are some days where we feel like we are the backpack that just fell out of the truck on the highway at 70 miles an hour. And now it's just a question, are we gonna bounce ourselves to death or is a big rig gonna run us over? Like that's the only question in our mind, what's next? And in reality, that's, that's who Jesus made us to be. That's how Jesus fills us with his Holy Spirit. The same guy who, who wrote this thing that, that in controversial times, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. He says that there's gonna be fruit that grows in the life of those people who are following Jesus. There's gonna be spiritual fruit that grows. Just like here in the valley, there's all sorts of fruit that grows, but in you and me, there's gonna be nine different fruits that grow. One of those is love, that in our world, we're gonna love without needing it in return. We're gonna love selflessly and sacrificially. We're gonna be filled with joy even when circumstances are dark. We're gonna be people who are full of peace even in chaos. We're gonna be patient. We're gonna be patient admitting that God's timing is best. We're gonna be kind, good, and gentle, which is way better than canceling and hatred. We're gonna be faith, uh, faithful instead of dishonest, and we're gonna be self-controlled over idolatrous, idolatrous self-expression. Like that type of life isn't based on circumstances. Because that's not the way that God built and filled people like us who follow Jesus. We're not built just for nice circumstances. We're built for the days in life that are impossible because Jesus has something more for us. We're made for a crazy chaotic life, not because we're good at adapting, but because Jesus lives in you and the power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and me, equipping us and sending us out to be God's witnesses, to glorify God in the middle of a dark world who hates God. That's why we're here. That's why Jesus lives in us to send us out on mission. Our verse for the year, the media team will put this up on screen, pushes us toward this. It says, so let's not get tired of doing what's good at just the right time, which we have no clue when that is. Could be tomorrow, could be next week, but the ways that we invest in other people's lives, invest in our own spiritual life, invest in the world around us, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. That's the, that's the beauty of following Jesus daily is even through the impossible moments, God has something bigger. God has something more for us. Our job is to continue to follow through the difficulty. And then finally, we enjoy seeing God glorified around us. We enjoy seeing God glorified around us. And for us, this looks like we, we develop a heart for people. One of the things that set Christians and Jesus followers out from the very beginning was they cared about people who don't care about us. One of our sayings around here is that we care about the 66,000 people who don't care about this place. That's our portion of the city, the 75,000 people who live here in Southeast Fresno, the 87%, which is what the studies say it is, about 87% of this community who doesn't care about going to church and doesn't care about Jesus we care about them first because we enjoy seeing God glorified around us. So what this means is, is another sunny side saying, another thing that we hold dear to us is that we, is that we, sorry, the saying is, if the joy of the Lord is in your heart, you should notify your face. If the joy of the Lord is in your heart, you should notify your face. You can say that in your own house at your own risk, but here, this is us. This is common language. If the joy of the Lord is in your heart, you should notify your face, which means that as you go back to school tomorrow, as you go into work today or this afternoon or tomorrow, as you are at home with those kids who sometimes drive you crazy, but they call you mom or dad, and so you can't leave them. 
until they're 18. Then, yeah. <laughs> we look to see God glorified around us. We live our lives for this. So what does this look like? Three practical ways. And we'll start with what happens first. Uh, Pastor Aaron already talked about this. This is something that happens in Fresno and in Clovis. There's two separate tracks that often interject, and there's a threefold brochure uh, that you got as you walked in um, that talk about us getting together as churches to lift up Jesus. And no two churches are going to be the same because no two Jesus followers are the same. So it's a great thing for us to get together and to celebrate. It launches tomorrow night at the main campus because our East campus gets to lead it. And then on the 20th, it's right here. And in the meantime, and then after that, it's all over everywhere. So if you want to get lost in Fresno, find one of those places and don't use your GPS. But this is a good thing for us to step into. Another good thing for us to step into is we're going to do a short life group on Tuesday nights. We did Alpha in the fall. This front part, this front part was packed with tables and people learning about Jesus, answering, asking questions about God, getting answers, building lives together. This was good. This one launches Tuesday uh, at main campus, and there's dinner and childcare there, just like there was here. And again, what is this? This is an opportunity for us to enjoy the glory of God demonstrated through other people. That we get to have front row seats and other people get to have that for us to see the way that God shapes and moves and uses people that don't always look like us. And we get to be that for somebody else. There's no portion, no idea in scripture of a Christian who does life on their own. And so stuff like this calls us into doing life together. And the third thing uh, is going to start at the end of the month. And it's going to go for three months. And what this is, is it's kind of like graduate school for following Jesus. For a lot of you, you finished high school or junior high or somewhere along there, stopped reading books, stopped learning. And if we say that Jesus following is the most important part of our life, here's an opportunity for us to say, yeah, this is actually important. I want to grow and learn something new. So this is going to launch at the end of the month. Uh, it's called Practicing God's Power, or PGP for short. And this is kind of an intentional step for us to step into learning about Jesus in new ways and the way that he wants to demonstrate the power of God in us and through us. If you think, whoa, 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 that's not for me, it's exactly why. Because this is the type of thing that's going to stretch us, going to push us and demonstrate the glory of God through your life and mine in new ways. Let's stand and pray.